data is the key here as well because in digital experience everything is around data and data comes from all over the places it could be direct web analytics or indirect social media or emails and then we have to interpret it but from all that we need to first of all define who is our customer welcome to action this practical wisdom from experience management pros a podcast series featuring a stacked roster of industry guests dishing about what it really takes for brands to thrive Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Action This podcast. My name is Zach Hamilton. I'm your host, Art, and I am the Chief Experience and Strategy Officer here at Chatter by Stingray. And I am just absolutely looking forward to this chat today with Nav Thede. I've heard from many of you providing feedback directly on other podcast uh, episodes. And one of the common questions that we have today is, how do we accelerate our digital experience uh, maturity when we think about integrating digital systems? Um, what's the role that data, digital data, transactional data, other pieces of data play uh, in delivering great digital experiences? And I am so excited uh, for this conversation with Nav. But before we bring Nav into the chat, let me tell you just a little bit about him because he's an incredible, incredible practitioner. Um, he's accomplished, customer-obsessed, and marketing acumen for creating and designing unified digital experience for large enterprises to engage with technology and business leaders by providing them with information for the purpose to advance their adoption of specific products and solution offerings. Loaded with variety of technology and business experience of over 20 years across mid to large organizations, combined with prestigious professional affiliations, NAV is capable to drive best in class digital strategy for global businesses to engage with their customers. NAV graduated with a master's degree in business economics from Guru, Nanak Dev University, India, and he's good at economics and operational research. Being an economist, he is passionate with data analysis and statistics, and at all opportunities, he wants to find patterns and look for improvement areas. Nav comes from a very diverse background and experience. His professional journey involves in leading technology management, business, marketing, customer-facing leadership roles, uh, with global organizations, including Quark, Fidelity, and as his current role at Hitachi Vantara. He looks after digital experience on corporate website and managing tech stack that caters to B2B audience, including enterprise class visitors from several Fortune 500 companies. His role also covers the overall web operations and governance model to achieve operational excellence to deliver an awesome digital experience. Nav is also affiliated with Leadership Excellence at Harvard Square, Harvard Faculty Club. He's a member with CMO Council Advisory Board. He also volunteers with PMO communities to contribute his knowledge and experience. He's an author in digital and customer experience space and has contributed his leadership thoughts with various publishers online. Nav, I think you may be one of the most intelligent and thought-provoking individuals we're going to have on the chat. So welcome to the Action This podcast. Thank you, Zach. Uh, thanks a lot uh, for the opportunity to talk today. I'm thrilled to have this conversation with you today. Yeah, and, and looking forward uh, to contribute wherever I can to the community from my experience. 
Yeah. So Thank I know you. we just we yeah, absolutely. We we just heard a lot about um, your background and all the various roles you know that you've served in at some of the the most well-known prestigious companies globally now with Hitachi. Can you just tell us a little bit more about your overall journey um, to where you got today? What is it about data and analytics? What is it about experience that has continued just to fuel your passion? Sure, yeah. So yeah, it all started uh, like as you already mentioned over 20 years ago, but I would like to mention like even in this world, not in my life, most innovations happen through disruptions. And this is how I, I rediscovered myself uh, uh, later in my career that um, like few years ago, um, uh, when I'm already looking at digital experience directly or indirectly uh, across the B2B market space, but like when there were major changes happened uh, at Hitachi in the top leadership where we got new CEO, the whole C-suite uh, got updated, we got new CMO and downstream, it was all uh, major changes in the marketing leadership as well. I mean, we, we had di disruptions in the whole whole organization at that time, I would say. And then um, again, like, as I said, uh, that that was an opportunity for all of us to rediscover the organization and to to find our new space with a new goals and vision uh, from corporate. So with that new CEO and new visions, like it was all customer focused goals, all changes were talking about customers and like how to uh, retain customers, how to develop business with existing. And I thought, why not we should all think like the CEO? So we should all talking same language, same tone, same message. I mean, when we have one goal, we succeed. So yeah, I, I started applying this, my own strategy to myself, think, like the CEO. So my whatever I started doing at that point onward was everything around how my CEO is thinking and how uh, the company should pursue to and what contribution I'm making for whatever I'm doing, even if it is a web page development or a tech stack update or a content change, what impact it's putting on customers. So I started aligning everything and I propagating the same thing to all of my colleagues also. Every one of us in the organization have a direct or indirect impact on our customers. So that is how I rediscovered my role as like customer centric, customer focused to everything I'm doing. If it is not aligned to any positive impact on my customers with Hitachi, I don't think that makes sense to do. So it is all about uh, realignment and relooking over um, activities that should be customer focused. So this is what uh, I'm saying. I have been doing the same for the last 10 years at Hitachi, but it's just more focused with my current role. I rediscovered it. I, I changed my perception to my role. So this role has been very old on my career, but these days for the last few years, it is so much customer focused. Now that's so awesome. Uh, and thank you for kind of sharing you know, how you've had, you know, how you decide to, you know, refocus your current role, um, especially through all the disruption and realignment. And I agree with you. I think, you know, me being in my form as a, as a former practitioner at, at a specific brand before I, I joined the technology side, you know, what I recognized very early on 
is I cannot walk into, you know, a meeting with my executive leadership team and just talk about our net promoter score or talk about our customer, our CSAT score, right? Customer satisfaction score, because let's just be frank, a lot of CEOs don't even understand how, how NPS is even calculated, right? And I'll never forget now, just kind of going into my first uh, meeting with our executive leadership team, and I was raving about our net promoter score and talking about how we've increased our NPS by, uh, I think at that point, it was like 1.7 uh, points over like a four-month span. Um, and I'll never forget our CEO saying, so what? What does that mean? And I don't know if you've ever experienced something like that, but I walked out of that meeting just very like deflated. Like, what do you mean? Like increasing one point of NPS just in a year is spectacular. We did it in four months. And it goes back to exactly what you just mentioned, you know, telling us a little bit about your journey is I wasn't speaking business executive. I wasn't connecting the dots between what our customers were telling us and the impact that we are having on the business. So I'd love for you just to articulate just a little bit around how do you do that? How does your team do that? Like, how do you talk CEO when it pertains to customer feedback? And let's just be honest, customer experience is not uh, a discipline that many of our executives and CEOs are well-versed in. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I, as I said, like I, I get to know about vision uh, through uh, our, our corporate goals, and then uh, I take care of the dot com. So it is a direct interface to our external audience, external customers, and to maintain that, like I, I take care of everything that 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 has to run the web business going, the digital business going for us. Okay, since it's a it's a it's a key property for us, right? And then like uh, the text that the backbone to run the digital experience. So I take care of all that. So I have my assets management system, my content management system, my tagging and the central repository of information. That is what the, the horizon of everything I do. But again, it is not for the sake of doing it, right? So whatever works for customers to retain them, to give them the awesome experience, personalized experience, the timely content delivery reliably and whatever at what whatever stage customers are on the website showing relevant content enabling the digital experience platform to do all that to orchestrate cross team functions and to support go to market strategy so i take care of all that aligned what makes sense for the business it is not just for the kpis on the dashboard at leadership uh, reporting that, uh, as you mentioned, NPS. So NPS, I would debate on the NPS as well because it is, even in B2B space, customers' reputation to seller organization is too much tied up with the sales reps involved in, 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 the, in the deal or in the relationship. So that feedback is not actually to the organization, but to the small set of people from the organization that representing to customer. So that is why like, just collecting the NPS is, is one thing, but how to act on it? What, what do we learn from it? And what are our action items after receiving all those feedback and, and calculating the promoter score? What's next, right? So just a number 
So that is what I uh, actually also don't like so much about uh, these KPIs because in the end, what is our long-term scalability based on all that? So NPS is good. It's a, it's a good indicator, at least to give you a start, but that is not the goal, right? That's from where the game starts to improve customer experience, to retain those customers. So yeah, there has been studies like by boosting client retention just by 5%, companies can record 25 to 90% increase in profit. See how much value we have in that NPS by, by just retaining those customers. It's a low hanging fruit in that way. What I, uh, what I target is on my digital properties at Hitachi, if customer walks out browsing, looking for content, convert them, and then have unified digital experience from other uh, teams as well to convert them and to, to finally make them buy. So it, within my scope of, I do everything like towards the end goal to retain customers, to win customers, and to give them the awesome experience. Wow, there's there's so much gold in that nav. I um, I want to peel back the onion on that a little bit. I agree with you around um, NPS. I agree with you around some of these benchmarks, right? I I'll never forget when I challenged um, a global retailer back and said I could really care less what your NPS score is because let's ultimately, right at the end of the day, any of these benchmarks, pick whichever one you want: NPS, CSAT, OSAT, whatever it is, customer effort score they're all essentially lagging indicators. And they're lagging indicators to, one, how consistently are we delivering a great brand experience? Uh, the second one is operational execution, right? So are we consistently delivering great operational execution within our stores or our digital store online? And then the third thing is, it's a lagging, a lag, in my mind, it's a lagging indicator to what are the actions that we have taken because of the feedback that we've received from our customers that optimizes their current ex experience. All of our customers have frictions. Exactly. How are we optimizing those? And so when I see brands where they say, hey, look, my NPS, for example, has plateaued for, for two years and we, we can't seem to move the needle on it, my immediate thought is you're taking zero actions. I'd love for you to just kind of, kind of talk through that as well. Like, I know you just said you see them as a lagging indicator. Can you give me an example of, maybe an action that your team has taken based on the feedback that you've gotten from your customers. And after that action was taken, how did you measure the impact um, to the overall customer experience? Sure. Yeah. So knowing uh, your customer is crucial. Definitely until we understand who our customers are, who they belong to, what are the preferences, where they're coming from. And when they are talking to us, okay, all these things, and which is the most complex part, right? Why they are talking to us? Are they started exploring things or they're already burned out finding out for a good vendor or a provider? So knowing customers is a key. So first of all, we need to understand from over existing customers, over existing teams, uh, facing customers and data. Data is the key here as well because in digital experience, everything is around data. And data comes from all over the places. It could be direct, 
web analytics like or indirect social media or emails and then we have to interpret it but from all that we need to first of all define like who is our customer so knowing customer is a starting point here and then to answer all these who what when where and why question get to the answer of one customer experience problem right so what we have done is like we uh, we segmented over customers and then started personalizing the experience uh, using our uh, uh, different technology scale and platforms to to be to understand the user behavior okay, and to develop patterns and and identifying user intent to to take the right action like when it is like a uh, a term called uh, uh, a time of moment or moment of truth or something like that in marketing and moment of truth so it's just to to identify and detect that timing to actually offer the conversion channel right so this is how we learn from our data uh, through all that analytics and intelligent patterns map and create actionable uh, trigger points call to actions to to win the customer at the right trust point yep that's all now that's so it's so incredibly helpful right and, and i want to stay on this topic of data for a second um, i think you are so spot on when you think about uh, the amount of data that as consumers regardless if we are you know, engaging with you from a B2C side, or even me in my professional world as a consumer, I'm interacting with your brand from a B2B side. The amount of data that I am sharing with you and your organization and your brand is immense, right? You rattled off a few examples when you think about um, your online analytics tool, regardless if it's Adobe or Google, for example. Uh, you mentioned the different social platforms. Uh, you mentioned um, email, you mentioned, I think, chat as well. So if you think about all of this data that brands are collecting, both B2B and B2C, there's a two-part question to this. One is, what is the role that the voice of customer plays when you think about enriching this entire data set? And then the second question to that is, you know, Many brands struggle to integrate their digital technology stacks uh, in order to ensure that we have a holistic view of our customer across their entire journey with us, even if it's B2B or B2C. And I know that you have a lot of experience in that. So I'd love to hear from you, you know, what's the role of voice of customer play in enriching all the data? And then two, how, how should practitioners be thinking about integrating their entire digital technology stack in order to drive efficiencies, break down silos, have a holistic view of the customer? Sure, yeah, that's a great question. So voice of customer, yeah, it's a great asset to have. So uh, first of all, like, uh, as I mentioned, like voice of customer from all over the places. So customers do speak. They will talk more when there is a negative content. There is a negative feedback or they are not happy. And that is a great asset too. It's a great information to hear, to capture. So good or bad. So we should acknowledge it. We should capture it. And then to redefine our strategy based on that. Because strategy is hard. It is hard, but I would say operational 
implementation and execution of that strategy is even harder. So we can develop a strategy, but without any successful operational capability and achieving excellence, it is, it is tough to make that strategy work. So to the point, uh, like voice of customer in digital experience strategy. So again, like uh, I think we have done a great job here at Itachi to, to understand our customer behavior and user patterns uh, online. And then also uh, we are working on to, to involve more sources, uh, including um, customer data platform and uh, some user intent detectors, things like that, some AI on top of that to, to make that voice of customer to trans translate into actionable items and then boost our uh, engagement. But in order to do that, uh, like for, from uh, practitioners to focus on, I would say like, let us first do the basics right. If you just address 20% of the key problems uh, on, on your data marketing, I think it can address 80% of the customer facing problems. Just have the tech stack right. Just understand what data we do need, what sources we should use. We should not only test over over campaigns or over marketing strategies uh, to run some experimentation online. We should also test the data sources, which I'm not hearing a lot happening uh, in the tech world. We should also test data. So if we are talking about customer data platform, PDP, we should check more than one. And we, we should test based on that. And I also would like to mention experience gap from your LinkedIn post. It is truth. So that experience gap, how we, we see our customers are versus how customers see us, there is a huge gap in between. So voice of customers can fill that gap by that 20% of the problems do right. I think it's a win-win situation. And then other thing practitioners should uh, refer to and should prioritize, I think, to have orchestration across, especially marketing sales and partners teams. These, if these three teams are talking about same goals at any given time, it's a big win. So this orchestration, consolidation of goals, data unification, on top of that visibility of the data. Visibility of data is a key. If we are looking at correct data, but visualization is wrong, we can make wrong decisions. On the other hand, if we are looking at wrong data with correct visualization, same thing, right? So we should keep experimenting on all these things and see how it works. Just not based on whatever data we have, whatever strategy we have, and just, just based on that is not enough. It should be like even the strategy should be verified. And then identify customers' challenges customers' challenges. Sometimes we don't even know. We just try to sell what we have to sell or what we tell our sales to sell, but we ignore the part of what actually customer's pain point is. Whatever customer's pain point, we, we can collect data around and then develop our solutions and our experience around it to talk that tone and message to our customers is going to help big time. And then, of course, uh, I, I was reading um, the other day 
uh, in some article that 15% of world population has disability. It is over 1 billion of the world population. And that is something we should also consider our digital experience, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Just by adding caption to your video, just by having your web content translate to audio and play that for your, uh, your visitors, how much that can help your audience, your customers. These small things can help big time. So I, I would suggest like practitioners, um, it is not like one way or the other. It is a little bit of everything. It's gonna be a, a game changer. And a predictive model on top of that. That is something I would even look at is, is, is the future, like predictive model. AI is helping a lot, but again, every organization should leverage the, the predictive model, not just like uh, we developed a persona and there's here's the buyer's journey, here's the customer map. Okay, at this stage, we'll show that content, detecting user intent and then present the content like that. I think these are the things I, I would emphasize customer experience practitioners to refer to and, and should work towards. I think those are all great um, pieces of wisdom. I think the three main bullet points that I pulled out of that nav is, you know, one, just the, the overall visibility of the data, right? And it's not just single source of truth, but it's essentially how do we leverage all the data to the second point to help us identify what our customer challenges are. Mm -hmm. And then once we know that, then we can go and actually solve our customer challenges. And, and I agree with you. I think solving some of those customer challenges, right? When you think about maybe like a B2C world, if I'm a retailer, it is how can I make the, the, the digital cart experience um, frictionless and easy, right? Am I offering you Apple Pay, for example, where you, know, you could select Apple Pay and you don't have to add in your address and all those different things? To B2B, what you just said, right? When you think about 15% of the, of the world's population has a disability, um, I, I, on a couple episodes ago with Sean Nason, uh, was talking about, look, when I was an experienced practitioner, of course, when we did a store design, we would we would make sure that we were compliant um, with the local um, laws, right? When you think about wheelchairs and handicap and being handicap accessible, but very rarely, but very rarely did I do an experienced design around some of those disabilities that, you know, we may not see. And some of those things that we don't see in our overall customer data is if a customer is deaf or not, because you can't ask that in a question. Or maybe a customer has autism and they get triggered by you know, many different lights that they could see um, and that, that, that's flickering in an in-store experience because of course our data doesn't show that. We can't ask those questions. And so I think you just brought up a, a, great, a great point around experience design. Who are you designing for and are you designing for everyone? when you think about diversity, equity, and inclusion. So I love right. that reminder. I think that is so important as we think about designing for the future. What I want to do is we've talked a lot about your experience at Hitachi um, and a lot of the great things that you're doing to drive just a great overall B2B uh, digital relationship. I want to kind of zone out if we could for a minute because um, we do have a lot of experienced practitioners who, who, who listen in um, to all of our episodes. What I'd love for you, uh, this question I want to ask is, what surprises you about today's customer experience industry? 
is there anything that stands out to you that you're like, oh my gosh, that surprises me? Yeah. So exactly. And uh, I, I did touch on those points uh, in our conversations, but I would like to um, rephrase that for now uh, as like, uh, we are trying to make our leadership with our dashboards. And it's not just like uh, uh, based on my experience, I have gone through a lot of studies and I contributed to a couple of uh, market research papers also uh, where I found out like uh, even leadership is working for somebody, right? Even the organization is serving to people who are customers, who other organizations, other businesses. That is something I surprises me that our goal is to just meet those KPI benchmarks for those dashboard review calls or, or, or meetings, annual reviews. That should not be the goal. It will automatically follow if we think beyond, if we look at a bigger picture. Even CEO is working for somebody, customers, right? So we all are working for customers. So if we, every one of us, everyone in the organization look at our customers and then reverse everyone's goals, CEO, leadership, I mean, all the org structure, and then see the value of what we are doing. That is what surprises me in that we are not uh, looking at customers, empathy, personal or business level problems. On, on the other hand, uh, the employee aspects. If we are talking about goals and completion of those projects, running campaigns, unless we all understand the, the unification of customer experience, every one of us should understand that, that direct or indirect impact of our activities on customer's uh, value, right? So that employee experience is equally important. So these are the things actually I would like to specify explicitly that are surprising me today. And uh, uh, we, we should think about it. We should talk about all these things. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I, you and I are so aligned when you think about, you know, the benchmarks and what that, what that scorecard looks like. Uh, I'm curious in your mind too, when you think about um, the evolution of, of customer experience, um, what is one change that you would recommend to the CX practitioners who are listening to this podcast today? Sure. Yeah, I would, uh, the very first action if I want to take to educate employees. Start with in, invest in employee experience. So it is, it is not just customer experience, digital experience, employee experience. So we should look at total experience, right? So end to end, like, over data experience, over data sources, over partners, over employee, customers, digital, everything all together should be seen as like one big element, right? One family that needs to be addressed holistically. As like uh, employees should be capable and equipped all those knowledge and resources that can put impact on customer experience. Same way like technology and data orchestration that omni-channels and all the analytics, visualizing of the data should 
should be supporting those customer experience goals. And, and one more thing I want to add that um, historically we have seen that uh, project in, in, in the old uh, project management world, we are no longer in project-based industry, but like in that PMOs have done a great job to, to unify the language and tone of the organization towards one goal, one project, and one program or portfolio in the organization. Same way, I think experience of, is a need of today. Where like this office can make sure that all employees are aligned, their goals, their incentives, their uh, knowledge, whatever training is required in terms of to be aware of customer experience, anything, anybody, person on the front desk have an impact on customer experience. Even a janitor in the organization have an impact on a customer experience. So that CXO office can fill that gap. Today, many people in the organization don't even know why they are doing the job they are being assigned to. So CX office can make that sure that everyone is aware of why they are doing it and what they do need to serve and to provide the best possible experience and then then support all that. Even HR is involved, even leadership is involved, employees training system is, is ready to go, things like that. So that's the change I want to bring in the CX world if I can. I mean, hopefully, Nav, you can go far with that. I think, you know, you and I are so aligned. You know, one of the one of the things that I talk about all the time with clients is it's not just customer experience, it's not employee experience, it's not product experience. It is, to your point, the total experience. I call it just experience in general. And I think, you know, too many times the role of the CXO, uh, the CXO is trying to break down those silos, right, within the organization, but yet we actually create those silos when we siloed it to customer experience, employee experience, digital experience, right? Like, as, as practitioners, we're even creating those silos because we look at it not as a total experience, but just one myopic experience and the overall end-to-end -end journey. And I agree with you when you think about the role of HR and kind of employee. I've always said, you know, your employee behavior is your brand experience, and that's applicable in B2C and B2B. And, mm -hmm. I, tr yep. and I truly believe, like, our HR organization is really, if I... I think about it as a flywheel, when you think about their role in the overall employee experience, employee engagement, employee satisfaction, they're three separate things, but that's really the flywheel to driving great customer experiences, great customer service in the contact center, for example. Um, they're responsible for driving um, employee uh, performance in order for us to achieve our overall business goals. And so I agree with you when you think about the role of the HR uh, team and, and how they become the flywheel. The last question I have for you is, um, you know, the world is rapidly, I shouldn't say the world, human behavior is rapidly changing every day, right? And I think yep. we've seen that when you think about the pandemic, um, and the rapid adaptation of, of consuming digital experiences and all these different things. We're sitting in, in 2022 right now, eight years from now, 10 years from now, 2030. Where do you see the future of, of customer digital experience? Very interesting question, uh, Zach. Yeah, so I, 
I'm thrilled to see how we are, we all are evolving uh, in this tech side of the life. Every six months, technology is just re redefining itself, right? So before we know, we are outdated. So the way how this IoT uh, things are booming and this cloud and blockchain, everything is moving so fast. And I, I wouldn't surprise the Omni experience will rule the world in eight to 10 years. All those digital channels we are looking at will orchestrate same data, same, same experience seamlessly. And AI is going to play a very big role into that. But I'm thinking like, and I'm envisioning like there are sensors all over the places just around this experience thing, right? So giving a unified experience, B2B or B2C, giving this unified experience is going to be so much sensors driven, IoT and AI. AI has a challenge in itself, think like humans, like it doesn't have feelings per se, but these sensors can still fill that gap to an extent that what I see is like a use case. Probably I'm thinking that I go to a website Today, the personalized content is based on my persona and my actions on that digital property, but these sensors can also add on value to that what my emotional state right now is, what I'm feeling right now. My Apple Watch can tell some server that I'm, I'm healthy and I'm in a good mood. And other sensors can also talk about myself, but okay, that's a different conversation about privacy and regulatory things, but. That is what I'm envisioning that in eight to 10 years, AI will be very much emotional and will have much stronger personalized digital experience. And if all goes well, perhaps we'll have a group dinner or, or a conference call in metaverse while sitting at our homes. Yeah, <laughs> I, um, I'm always constantly thinking about the metaverse, although I'm not, um, I haven't spent a lot of time in the metaverse, but I'm constantly thinking about, you know, the future just of experiences, how metaverse is, is going to play into that. I think um, overall, Nav, I also agree with you when you think about empathy, right? I think that's the one thing that we've learned over the last couple of years is empathy plays such an imp like, such a crucial role when you think about um, creating trust, trust between the consumer, whether it is a B2C or B2B consumer um, with your brand and how can you, you know, add value to my life as a customer or a professional. And so trust is so key, but empathy is the anchor of trust. And so I, I'm looking forward to seeing how, you know, different AI models um, evolve over the next eight to 10 years um, and, and if it can replicate empathy. Um, mm -hmm. Nav, thank you yeah. so much. This has been an incredible chat. Hitachi is so fortunate to have you uh, as their as their digital leader, as their digital experience leader. You have spit a lot of truth um, today on on our podcast during this chat. Um, for any of our listeners, if you want to reach out to Nav and pick his brain uh, about any of the topics that uh, we discussed today and we chatted about today, feel free to go to chatterresearch.com. Go to under resources, click on podcast. You'll see Nav's handsome face. You can click on it 
and uh, we'll have his his link to his LinkedIn profile that you can connect with him there and uh, send him a message. Nav, again, thank you so much for joining us on the Action This podcast and looking forward to connecting uh, in the next couple of months. And let's talk about uh, the metaverse. Thank you, Zach, for the opportunity. It's been a pleasure to talk to you and I look forward to uh, at some point talk to you again. Great, cheers. Thank you, bye. Thanks for tuning in. For more on consumer insights and experience the Chatter Effect, visit chatterresearch.com. 